Welcome to Real Estate Goal Crushers. Hey everyone, this is Lori Finkelstein Reader, your podcast show host. I am so excited to provide value through real estate tips, experiences, and market updates to all agents looking to reach new levels of success in their real estate career. My hope is that this podcast inspires you to move your business forward. Hey everybody, it is Lori Finkelstein Reader, and I'm so excited to come to you all again with another Table Talk Live. You all know that um, a short five, six weeks ago, uh, this Table Talk Live was born out of the thought that the way that I grew my business was to surround myself with people all around the country that were building businesses and doing things that I wanted to do. So for those of you that are super committed to building your real estate career, I'm so excited to have you as a part of this. And today's a really big day at Table Talk Live. Um, the one and only, and many of you people know her, I am honored to say to you that she, Saria Finkelstein, is now in her 10th year with the Lori Finkelstein Reader Organization. 10 years. Now you're as old as, as me. <laughs> and... Um, just a little bit about Saria, most of you know. Forget the, the part that her heart might just be as sparkly and big as any heart I've ever had the chance to get this close to, but her dedication to real estate, the community of real estate, the consumer, it's really something that even I want to model at this point in my career. And Saria has just done things and taught people and opened her heart and opened her playbook. Um, and today with so much pride, I want to introduce to you the one and only Saria Finkelstein. So welcome to Table Talk Live. Um, yes, of course. And today what we're going to do is we're going to help these agents that are watching light their business up the way you have and continue to do. So Saria has done something and accomplished something since the very end of March, once COVID-19 became really prevalent, once we were all told to shelter in place, once it, our entire businesses went virtual, Saria has put 25 families, probably more by now, under contract. That means 25 pieces of new business. And what that means to Saria and I is that she helped 25 families. So Saria, my very first question to you is, what have you implemented specifically during quarantine that has exploded your business that you are going to continue to do after quarantine? And I think we're kind of heading out of quarantine right now. Um, well, I'm not heading out of quarantine, but apparently a lot of people are. So tell us, tell us what you, what you did, what you implemented and what you're going to keep doing. So I think for me, the biggest thing, and it wasn't something that was brand new to quarantine. It was something that I was doing on a very small level without a system prior to quarantine, which is the virtual consultation. So for those of you who know me, or if you don't know me, if you go type my name on YouTube, you'll see my buyer consultation video that I did live on Facebook for to be able to set the stage to show people really what, what that buyer consultation should look like. And that truly is my favorite part of the business, the belly to belly of meeting with people. So the high I in me was really struggling when it came time to quarantine 
as far as meeting with new clients. So I wanted to still be able to get the feels for us to be able to see each other face to face. And prior to to quarantine, I would do a lot of phone consultations, but not so much virtual, right? Like this, where I could still see you face to face. And as much as I wish I was in the same room with you so I could give you a big hug, this is the next best, best thing. I still feel like we're together. I still feel like we're meeting in person. And that virtual buyer consultation really allowed me to do that. It made it so that I wasn't skipping a step, right? The the reason why that buyer consultation is so important in the first place is it's where you get to set the expectation. It's where you as the agent get to be the one who's leading, who's driving the bus and leading the, the client down the path towards their goals. And when you skip that step, it can be very difficult to keep the deal together down the line. The buyer doesn't know what to expect in that inspection period. They don't know what to expect for every single step of that home buying process. So rather than choosing to just forget buyer consultations altogether, I chose to really take the exact same system that I used in person and just make it virtual. I'd share my screen so that they could see what I was looking at, just like they would see it when I met with them in person. So it really is exactly the same thing, just on a different platform. And I think that moving forward, honestly, I believe most of my buyer consultations will remain this way because I feel like I was able to connect with people actually on a deeper level, which is weird, right? Because you're not together, but when you're doing it virtually, they're at home. They're in their pajamas. They might be drinking a glass of wine. They're in their happy place. They're in their comfort zone, as opposed to them coming into my office, someone that they don't know in a, in a environment that's not familiar to them where they might have more of a guard up. What I found is the virtual consultation actually took down a lot more walls for people. Wow. And I was able to connect more with them than normal. Wow. You are blowing my mind listening to you and, you basically took the entire process that you did offline and you just moved it online. But what you just said about people feeling comfortable at home, being relaxed, uh, maybe they felt a little weird about meeting you for the first time, not knowing you. So, wow. And I think that your perspective is you're always working backwards. So if the consumer is the North Star, I know how you work. It's what's going to be best for that consumer. So I love that you took all your expertise that you have been doing for years face to face and you move that online Um, for people like you and I. I know when this first broke, we were like, this is not cool. This is not going to work for huggers. You know, this is not going to work for huggers. But you know what? I think we're figuring it out because. I get the feedback from these clients that you're working with. And the feedback is Saria made me feel like we were, we were next to each other and I felt safer and more relaxed. So I just love that, you know, where you're coming from and your mindset with that. So for those people who are not feeling that confidence, listen to what Saria is saying. If she can do it, you can do that. You can do it. We're going to have to, as real estate agents offer either virtual or in person. We don't know what the client's going to want. Um, Well, something really amazing. A lot of you know this, a lot of you may not know this, but 
Saria literally wrote a course called the Million Dollar Buyer Agent. This course is badass. Um, and what I want her to share with you, because it's going to help all of you grow your business, is what her passion was, what drove her to write this course. The course has already been launched once and round two will be coming soon. Anyone that has interest, clearly there is a line, but anybody who has interest, please, in the comments below, just say, I have interest in the Million Dollar Buyer Agent course, and somebody will reach out to you. So, Saria, tell us, share with us what your passion was and why you were willing to take your time to write this course to help other agents. So, you know, for me, when I got into the business, like most realtors, right, we we all learned a lot of the same things that in order to be, to let, to last in this business, you have to list, right. In order to be successful, you have to be a listing agent. And that was just the norm. Every single class that I took taught me that. And then what I quickly realized after a few months of training was that I just loved working with buyers. I know I'm a weirdo. Okay. I know. But for me, it gives me all the feels, right? I loved giving the key as opposed to taking it away. I loved the excitement that you had with a buyer that was, that's very different to a seller. You know, sometimes sellers are excited and they're in a great space mentally. And so many times it's very emotional for them. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different to me. The experience with the buyer is a happier one. And I like to be happy. Yes. So <laughs> so, you know, for me, I, I, I searched because I, I, as much as I did not like school growing up, I cannot get enough of real estate school and learning more ways to grow my business. So my first year or two, I basically was just in back to back to back to back classes. And I kept searching for a class on how to hone in and fine tune the buyer side of the business and how I could focus my business on that. And there was nothing. I could find a bajillion courses on being a listing agent and running a listing business. And there was literally not one thing out there that was geared towards buyer's agents. And that was really because 10 years ago, which I can't even believe I'm saying 10 years, but 10 years ago, that really wasn't a thing. There wasn't buyer specialists and listing specialists. That was just really beginning. And I wanted to focus my business on that. So I made it my goal to document everything. My failures, because there were a lot, right? My wins, and there were a lot of those too. But I wanted to document every single step so that I could create that course for future generations of people who wanted to focus on buyers to show them that it's all baloney. You don't have to only list to be successful in this business. You can run an extremely lucrative buyer business where you actually tend to spend a little less money. So it could even be more lucrative than the listing side. And that to me, to be able to show that to other people, to instead of them leaving buyers aside, which is the part that they love, just to go work with listings because that's what they're told. If I can do that for people, that I'm winning and I'm leaving the footprint on the real estate industry that, that I have the goals to do. I love it. I love it. So um, yes, obviously when you are working with 
buyers. You get to give the keys instead of taking the keys. And I remember you saying to me after about one to two years of real estate, you said, I've taken so many classes. When do I get to go and do this already? I want to take care of these buyers. And just your drive and your passion to want to help other real estate agents maybe nail this down in a matter of six months to a year instead of the years that it took you to perfect that. And um, you have proven at a, on a really big level that if your passion is working with buyers, it doesn't have to be listings. You know, that's kind of old school thinking at this point. Um, you take care of the consumer. So it, it really doesn't matter at this point. I say follow your heart and it leads to so many transactions. Um, I, I love that. Now, over the last couple of years, your business really exploded, you know, selling more than first it was 50 homes and it was 60 homes and it was 70 homes. Hey, you guys, are you listening? More than 70, 80 homes and tracking to exceed 100. Now, we all know no one succeeds alone. You've heard me say it a thousand times. No one succeeds alone. Not Michael Jordan, not our, not a real estate agent, not a doctor. Everybody needs the right people in their world. And Surya, you made the very, very definitive decision to go into the showing agent model. And I personally receive calls and messages. Hey, can you teach us the showing model? Hey, can you tell us how to do the showing model? No one that I know has nailed this down better than you have. And I'm really proud of you for that. You've developed other agents and you've put a system in place where people can really learn and they can actually have enough leverage so that they can build a business that has no ceiling, zero ceilings. Tell us if you would, no ceiling. <laughs> Raise the roof. <laughs> Raise the roof. And this is a question, you guys, that Saria and our team are asked all the time because it's something that's really working and it is a win-win for everyone involved. And when would you say is the right time to add that showing partner? And if you don't mind, I'd like to take it one step further. And that is, what do you see as their... What, what are the main responsibilities of the showing partner so that it is a win-win and everyone can grow from that? So this is probably the question I get asked the most from people all over the world who are interested in taking that next step in their business. And what I'll tell you is the answer you don't want to hear, which is that there's no set answer. There's no set unit number. There's no set volume number because every person has a different threshold. Right. So some people, after they're doing 15 transactions in a year, they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off and they're ready for help. Whereas some people, it's when they get to 30 or 40 units where they start to really need that additional help. So what I'll tell you is to look at your business. And as soon as you see that your clients are on the losing end of the stick, and as soon as you're not able to provide the service that you promised them, it's time to figure out where the hole is in your business. So that's how, for me, I always look at it. Now, as far as the showing agent, go ahead. I just want to interrupt you and point something out to everyone. She is again referencing the consumer. When the consumer is on the short end of the stick, it's time. So always working backwards from taking care of that consumer. Yep. So important. And then the other thing is, you know, the, it's a balance because if you bring on a showing agent too early, what you risk is losing talent. 
And by that, I mean, you risk losing a very talented showing agent because you just don't have enough business to be able to provide them for them to make a life for themselves, right? And when you bring on a showing agent, you almost have two clients now. You have your consumer who is the client and you have your showing partner who's also your client, right? So for me, if if you're not ready to make the decision that if it comes between me paying my light bill or my showing agent getting their paycheck, they're the one who gets it every time. If you're not ready to make that decision, then you're not ready to take that next step in hiring any position, whether that be an admin or a showing partner. Now, the other side of that is if you wait too long to hire a showing agent, right? Because a lot of us, it, it takes, it can be the most of the people that I talk to, they're scared about taking that step. They're scared about the client losing touch with the client, right? Because we all feel like they're only buying, they only want to see me. They only want to work with me. They're buying the house because I'm there. Well, then I would ask you, are you forcing people to buy homes that they don't want to buy? Because if you're not, then the client's going to love the home, whether you're there or not. And that is the hardest thing for realtors to grasp because we love ourselves, right? We've got our faces on everything. Can you fit it this big on a pen? Okay, put it on it, right? That's just, <laughs> that's just the mentality of a realtor. But if you bring someone on, a showing agent on too late, you could lose clients, right? Because again, you're not able to provide them the service that you promised them. So it's a balancing act and you've got to constantly check yourself and check your business and see where those holes are to make sure that they're not on the losing end of the stick. I could not agree more with you. Um, what would you, what would be the main responsibilities of that showing partner? Because we know when we bring a showing partner into the relationship, it's so that you can do more transactions and the showing partner can be a part of earning from all of those transactions. So how do you figure out what they should be doing? That is the biggest question. What does the showing partner do? When do I get them and what do they do? Yeah. So this is, uh, I've done it a lot of different ways over the years. I've, I've had them be strictly a showing agent. I've had it be a combo of a showing agent and an admin. So it really depends on what you need in your business. So when I first brought on the showing agent, I had my own personal admin, not through the team. I had my own admin. So there was a lot less responsibilities for the showing agent to do because I could have the admin take care of a large chunk of that clerical admin work. As time went on, I realized that it could really become a hybrid and that it could be someone who did both. Now, I took back some of the jobs, but that was something that I was willing to do to not have as much of an overhead, right? To not have as large of a salary that I had to pay to an admin, whereas I could make this a hybrid where I could really train a showing agent so they could truly understand all sides of the business. Because the goal isn't to keep them to be a showing agent forever. The goal is that you are transforming this person into an incredible agent who can build a life for their family that they couldn't even imagine, right? So right. where I feel a lot of, agents go wrong too, is that they get frustrated with that turnover, but the turnover is really a good thing. That means that you are training them and you're getting them to the point where they feel they can fly. 
Now you do want to get something in place with them so that they're going to be part of the training for that next person so that you're not taking all of those roles back and having to take steps back in your business for that turnover. That's very, very important. But you know, as those the the roles of that showing partner really change. And even during COVID, they changed again. Yeah. I had to give her very different jobs because she wasn't showing homes for a large portion of that, right? The most of those 25, 25 homes, neither of us saw. We were both in our homes. So it it changes constantly. For me, it's important that it's someone who is very relationship-based like I am, someone who's going to build a relationship with that client and look at them like they're their client as well. It's someone who's invested in this business, who wants to track the numbers, who's going to help me anywhere where I need help. Basically someone who will pick up the phone every morning and say, hey, what's your to-do list look like today? How can I help you? What can I take off your plate? Right, and these people are training to become agents within our organization. Um, something really exciting that our organization with Saria really going to be the implementer of this. She will be our, our person who we will figure this out with how that lead agent, because again, no ceiling on potential, how that lead agent can run anywhere from one, two, three, four plus showing partners. Imagine that opportunity and um, something we provide as an organization to our agents once they get to Surya's level is we find those showing partners for you. Um, I have to say you've had some great showing partners and how you have helped them develop and evolve is just is it blows me away. And I, I wouldn't hesitate to send anybody in your direction, especially if they like glitter and sparkle. It's going to be matched. If you're not glittery and sparkly, do not apply to be her showing agent. But um, that is something that we are going to hopefully over the next six months be able to bring Saria back on and talk about how this showing partner model can be expanded and how an agent like Saria, why shouldn't she be able to sell 200, 250, 300 homes? Why should there be any ceiling on your potential? Remember, right. all without glitter, the love of glitter and sparkle need not apply. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I will say, though, that when it comes time to you hiring someone, because this I know because the first time I heard about the showing model, I was like, <laughs> right, you get so excited at that opportunity. Make sure that it's the right time and don't hire out of desperation. Please. Right. Do you right. do, um, on your course? I know there are seven or eight modules are one of those specific or at least one to the showing model. So for those that are going to sign up for the course, you'll yeah. go deep on that. Yes, okay. we're very deep on that about different commission structures, different ways to do it, how to hire them, what to look for. We go very, very deep on that in one of the modules. Okay. And for those of you who are thinking about it, it's not only module to the course, but there is a live feed connection directly to Saria. So when you have those questions and you're trying to uh, implement this showing model, you will be able to get to her directly and ask her these questions. Okay. So this is a huge question that I've asked a lot of my guests. And um, I'm really interested to hear your perspective. Uh, basically, I want to know what concerns you the most for real estate agents. Do that. What What do you worry about for agents with all these changes coming from COVID? Like, what What's the one space where you want to say, "Hey, I'm scared for my other agent friends, and I want to help them." What can we do as a real estate community? That's how Table Talk 
was born as a real estate community to come up with ideas to help one another. So what would you say would be your concern for our fellow real estate agents during, and I would say, you know, we're seeing some changes with this shelter in place being lifted and what have you. What do you feel? What do you think are going to be the challenges? You know, I think the concern is always the same of people being able to make enough money, people being able to find ways to make this work. I think the challenge is that so many agents get very stuck in their own ways and stuck in the way that they do things and they're not willing to change any of it. Mm -hmm. They're not willing to learn technology. They're not willing to get virtual. I mean, there's agents on our team who, when we get a new MLS system, they they buck at it for months and months. And it literally years later, finally say, okay, you know, maybe this one is better. Right. So You're not talking about Matt Weiner, are you? No, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, no, but what I think I hear you're saying is you got to be able to pivot. Yeah. You got to be able to pivot when, tell me a little bit more about how you feel about that. Because like I am, I'm still seeing people stuck. I'm still seeing people waiting. Like, what are we waiting for? Let's go. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's all on someone's personality, right? There's fight or flight. Some people are, are going to fight it and some people are going to leave when it gets too difficult. They're not going to be willing to put in that extra work because let me tell you right now, you've got to work twice, sometimes three times as hard to make the same amount of money. And some people just aren't willing to do that. Yeah. Right. Whereas some people look at that and say, wow, that means two to three times more time I have to be away from my family. For me, yeah. I look at that and say, okay, how can I change this so that I can still work from home, be at home, not lose time with my family and be able to still provide the same amount of service. So yeah. it's just, it's a different mentality. It's the difference of an entrepreneur and just someone who's more of like a task doer right. who's following a checklist. For me, it's about, really looking at it and seeing, okay, what can I do to change this so that they don't lose out and we don't lose out. Right. I hear you. And I don't want you losing any time with Archie in the pool. For yeah. Who don't yeah. know. She has the most amazing dog and I'm in love with Archie. Um, so let's, let's just drill right down here. Skill set. What skill set does an agent need today? And don't worry if you're not good at it yet. Saria will tell you what that skill set is. And maybe you can give maybe two action items to help people get into that mode so that they've got that predictable, sustainable business. Uh, so you, you probably already know the first one that's going to come out of my mouth. To me, one of the most important skill sets in this business is scripts. And many people don't believe in them. I was one of those people. When we for when I first got into real estate and we were told that we were going to start learning scripts, I was like, excuse me, I don't need scripts. Like I'm a people person. I'm Lori's niece. Like I got this. Okay. And I very much felt that way because I was a people person. I can connect with anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a D, you're an I, you're an S, you're a C, you're a Z. Like, I don't care. We're going to find something to connect with. But for the scripts, the difference is, is, and if you're someone who's not scripted, think about this. Have there been times where you've been talking to a consumer and they're telling you about what it is they're looking for 
and all you're thinking about is what's the next thing you're going to say. Yes. You're so worried about, oh my God, what is the next thing that I'm going to say? Because we have an issue with silence, right? We as, a, we as humans have an issue with silence. So we're so worried that there's going to be one second of silence after that client is speaking that all you could think about was what am I going to say next? Right. But what was happening while you were thinking about that was you weren't listening when the client told you that they would do a two story, but they have a, a mother-in-law who comes to visit them twice a year and they need a bedroom on the bottom floor. Right. Right. What, and what, is, uh, what did your grandma teach you about the two ears and got two ears and one mouth for a reason. So zip it. Right. Because it's so true. We just want to talk, 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 especially as salespeople. We feel like if we're talking, that means like we're running the show. When the reality is it's the person who's leading the conversation by questions is the one who's controlling that conversation. But by knowing those scripts, I don't have to worry about what the next thing I'm going to say is because I already know it. How often do you, did you practice in the beginning and how diligent were you with that? For me, it was daily. I practiced every day, at least one time a day, once with the team and once at home. I practiced with my dog, practiced with my wife. She probably knows scripts better than most agents do just from me scripting her all day long. And that went on for years. I still practice my scripts. I'm still, I still write new scripts as the market changes. I think of new ways to be able to put a script down on paper to make something easier or more efficient. So it's not something that ever changes for me. It was just, that was what gave me the confidence Right. And so many people, when they choose to work with me, they tell me the reason they worked with me was because of the confidence they felt talking to me, that they knew I knew this business backwards and forwards. And that confidence comes from those scripts. So you have you have taught us, you have taught the team and many people that before we want to personalize our scripts and hear how great we are. You have to internalize them so they come out naturally. I hear you on the phone frequently and I am, all I can think of is, wow, she's listening to everything they're saying. So this person on the other end of the phone is going to have the confidence to know you will get them what they want. So that's number one, know your scripts inside and out. What would be another action item that you feel is critical to skill set right now today? So this kind of goes along with with scripts, but mirroring and matching, I think, is more important, especially now than ever with virtual. Um, And it can be sometimes even a little more challenging because you can't necessarily see all of their body language. Right. But mirroring and matching to me is where you really connect with people. And that's how you can build those relationships. So, you know, and it, it goes so much deeper than just that first meeting. And I talk to agents about this all the time when I'm in an open house, right? I'm looking to see how they walk up to the house. Did he, did someone open the door for the other person? Are they holding hands and they're excited? Is this maybe the first house they're walking into? Or are they kind of like just checking off a list? Like this is their millionth open house. Like they don't want to talk to me, right? I want to, I'm watching them from the second they get out of their car to make sure that I am mirroring that type of personality when they come in the door. Because if they come in the door, and they're like, so excited, right? They're so excited. It's their first open house. And I'm very like nonchalant. They're not, we're not going to vibe, right? Mm-hmm. The best way to look at it is the barista in, Sagra, in, in Starbucks. 
Right. Right. Someone, they're doing a million things a minute. They're making so many drinks and doing all of these things. And you walk in there and you're like, well, I was thinking, I think I saw this commercial. It was brown. Like, I don't, do you know what I'm talking about? And the barista is just like, oh my God, punch me in the face. Right. <laughs> because they weren't on the same level. It's the same thing when you're talking to a human. You've got to get on their level to be able to get them to hear you. Yeah. You are you are meeting the consumer where they are at as opposed yeah. to where you're at at the moment. Um, yeah. You um, you get such a twinkle in your eye, year 10, uh, your passion, for, especially that first time home buyer, but yeah. your passion for getting people what they want, you know, Everyone who knows you knows that you're a crier, and I love that about you. Uh, but you, those tears are real, and that's just emotion because you love people. You know, um, I want to I want to end with something that I think you'll love, and I know everyone listening will love. What would you say, Saria Finkelstein, on your tenth year to your first year, Saria Finkelstein, when you got into the business? What would you tell that young lady? nine years ago, what she should do in her first year in real estate. Are we keeping this PG? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, of course. Uh, wow. Yeah, I can hear you. I know, I know. I think, you know, for me, I didn't treat it like a business soon enough. I was just selling houses. I was just kind of going around, talking to people, having fun. I was loving it. And I didn't treat it like a business. I didn't create systems I didn't document. I don't have the the numbers for my first few years. And I wish that I could go back and I could look at that and, and see that projection and that trajectory. And for me, if someone could have said to me, because I didn't know what I was getting into. We've talked about this. I just wanted to come and hang out with my Aunt Lori. I didn't know what it meant to be in real estate. I didn't know what it was like to sell homes. My first week, I literally asked her, so how much do I make per week? <laughs> I literally, I knew nothing. So, I felt so bad letting you know that wasn't going to be a big number in the beginning. That definitely panned out for you now. It, it ended up working out, but so, you know, I just you, you would have been know. you would have treated it more like a business. You would have documented. Yeah. You would have put more systems and processes in place that were working for you. You know, obviously what you were doing was working, but again, just like your million dollar agent buyer course, you're able to help someone shave nine years off their business and let them get to success faster. Um, We've seen it on our team, right? Yeah, We've okay. seen it where, where it took me five to seven years to truly get it going. We can yeah. now do it in less than a year with brand new agents just it's from the systems that we put in place that are all in the course to teach. So I'm excited to get to see other people get that type of success much faster than I did. I am extremely proud of you. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave your audience with and our table talk audience uh, from, from you to them? The floor is yours. PG, of course. <laughs> Actually, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, just, don't fall out of love of the business. There's going to be times where there's difficult deals, right? There's ones where you, and it's still to this day where something happens and a client is upset and you have to look at that as a learning opportunity of a way that you could make it better for the next person. So don't ever stop changing your business. Don't ever let it stop growing 
Always look at how you could make it better. Keep connecting with realtors around the country, yeah. asking them questions, seeing how they're doing it, what you could bring to your market. And don't get stuck in that, well, no one in my market does it, so I can't do it. Don't be afraid to be the first. I love it. I love it. I love you. I am beaming with pride. Um, just everything about you. Uh, your heart is so big and your passion for the real estate community is just incredible. So I thank you for carving out some time for Table Talk Live. I'm going to blow you a big kiss because I can't physically give you that kiss. And for all of you that are here watching, thank you for allowing us to be a small part of your day. Let's just keep this industry growing and evolving and taking care of that consumer. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, guys.